the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. She said that every living creature on Earth dies alone. Hey. It's bad dog Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. I'm not The more you know who you are and what you want, the less you know. I've had a rough year, Dad. You want an unwritten life? I want an unwritten life. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I think you just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. Conversation anyway. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It goes. Space yeah. Force. <laughs> oh my God. How do I sound on your end? Okay. Yeah, sounds great. Cool. Would it even matter? <laughs> You're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I think everybody else always sounds better on the recordings than I do. Or at least clearer. I, I don't know if I don't talk loud enough or if my mic settings are wrong or what. So, I never noticed that listening. Well, that makes me feel better. So, let's see. I don't know what we're doing, so I'm just sort of following your lead, just so you know. Well, I can't convince anybody to join Space Force with me. <laughs> Actual Space Force? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want your commander-in-chief in space <laughs> to be Donald Trump? This is your recording, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um... Yeah, there's no way. You would never no. Mm -mm. I don't even I think he doesn't understand there's uh, air in space, so keep that in mind. So or there's no air in space, excuse me. So he thinks there is, and if you like you could just hit the eject button if you got attacked or something. Like he don't do it. Don't do it, Logan. So if Are you too old? You're too old. You're aged out. No. I mean thanks for that. <laughs> I just don't want you to go to Donald Trump's Space Force. It just sounds terrible. It sounds like the greatest comic book of all time. Donald Trump's Space Force? Yes. <laughs> there you go. I think it's brilliant. Besides Space Force. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Talking about what we've been watching, I guess. Well, I said, how are you doing? Oh, I, I thought you talking. said, what are we doing? You're a very attentive listener, professional podcaster. Uh, yeah. I'll try. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm excited about <laughs> Space Force. <laughs> you really? Why? Why? Let's get to the, let's dig in here. Why are you excited about Space Force? I mean, you sound giddy. It's very unsettling, in all honesty. Because it's insane, <laughs> and that's a good thing. I mean, honestly, if anything is going to prove that maybe, as because nothing else has proved that he's unfit for the job, um, like starting an initiative for Space Force, it has to be that has to be the mark, right? Like, there's no, literally, I mean, unless there's something we don't know about, there's no threat. I mean, I, 
I feel like all that's really happened, in all honesty, is that he, um, you know, was he remembers Ronald Reagan <laughs> and is like Star Wars, Star Wars Space, Space Force. Force. <laughs> it's like the next logical thing, right? <laughs> like that's that's all that's really happened, like in my opinion. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but that's all I feel like has actually happened. And Which I, is I, worse because then he clearly didn't understand what the Star Wars was. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, oh, was it actually Star Wars? Like, we weren't going to fight the Russians in space? No, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would I would go on like the the... I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I don't know why, but you remember when they, was, like, they, they were talking about uh, almost like an elevator to space that you could rent and they would or not rent but you could buy a ticket to and they'd shoot you up into space you'd be in space with zero gravity for minutes or whatever and then come back down mm-hmm. like it would like people like Justin Timberlake and maybe Leonardo DiCaprio these like super rich famous people were talking about buying tickets for it and I was thinking like I would do that potentially after all the dumb famous people had like not died hopefully um, then I would do it um, but I can't imagine Space Force. See period. that I can't get behind that because, like, on like a risk assessment kind of thing, like think of plane crashes. Far more non-famous people have died on plane crashes than famous people. Did I lose you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're like, you were breaking up. Oh, I can hear you now. It said there was a connection problem, but now I can hear you again. <laughs> Yay, Skype! <laughs> so, it was doing something weird when I signed on. So It's a new Skype, it's updated. Oh, so, so it works less effective. Yeah, it's blue and pink on my screen now. It's got like a transition, it's like a, it's like an old school Photoshop gradient from blue to pink, it's very odd. Is Microsoft the only company that updates programs and makes them less effective? I mean... (laughs) This is totally proving my point because I can't hear you at all. Um, Hold tight. Yeah. See if this does it better. I have two settings on my Wi-Fi, and so I just change it to the other one, and I also turn the Wi-Fi off on my phone. I have gig internet, so I don't think that should be the issue, but who knows? (laughs) I I just blame Skype for everything. Yeah, Skype. It's not my fault. I'm great. Make Skype great again in space. I mean... You know, if Skype works in space, I could podcast from space. Yeah, but you're going into space with, like, explosives strapped to you. That's terrible. It's a bad idea. I'm pretty sure the only way to get to space is with explosives strapped to you. Okay, let let me rephrase. Yes, maybe getting there with the explosives, but you drop them off. and (laughs) So you drop the ones you had to get up there off, and then you keep the weaponized explosives attached to you terrible idea you just don't know what you're gonna run into oh yeah a satellite <laughs> a satellite Did, you, you have saw, you seen gravity yeah you saw gravity you saw the, the, the satellites are dangerous man space sandra bullock's not gonna show up at your spaceship and hang out with you 
Well, it's just not going to happen. George Clooney might, though. <laughs> right, as you, the lack of oxygen <laughs> creates visions in your brain. Spoilers for gravity. I don't spoil anything. I, if, if you hadn't seen Gravity, no one would have been spoiled until you said spoilers for Gravity. Yeah. And like, oh, he's definitely telling the plot of Gravity. <laughs> now they know. That's actually on you, sir. <laughs> so by saying spoilers, I you created the existence of the actual spoiler. <sighs> it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's sort of like Space Force. <laughs> Maybe he thinks it's like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. The aliens or the Russians? The aliens. Or the hotels in space. What if this is all to put a Trump condo on the moon? I mean, if if it's anything remotely like that, then that's just as amazing. Because then we're living in like the real world scenario of the tick. Because he's just Chairface Chippendale. Spoon. <laughs> and instead of writing his name on the moon, he's putting Trump Tower on the moon. Well, he's going to yeah. put a Trump Tower on the beautiful, beautiful beaches of North Korea, so that'll be good. I, I, I don't even want to talk about the North Korea stuff. Well, you brought up Trump immediately. No, I, I brought up you, Space I, Force. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you brought up Trump. You know you did. And I even told you don't do it, and you did it. So, the North yeah. Korea thing is ridiculous. Anyway, what have you been watching? <laughs> North Korean films? No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Are I there don't North Korean films? There are, but I don't want to see any of them. I am good. They're all like propaganda machines. Okay. So they do exist, you, and I don't think you can really get them here. But yeah, they they're out there. What have I been watching? I have to cheat and go to my letterbox diary because that tells me it's funny i was just thinking about letterboxd and i haven't used it in three years yeah it makes me sad you should use it more all i do is watch tv now there needs to be a tv version of letterboxd um, i've been watching black mirror and you can log those on letterboxd really each one each one is like considered a short film huh so yeah so like i i watched the first three of this most recent season i know i'm like months behind um but i watched the uh, space force one the uss callister uh, the jody foster one archangel about have you seen them no uh, never mind that won't mean anything to you um there's a really good one that's a, a play on uh, star trek which is the first episode of this new season but i also think it's the more relevant version of ready player one and that it's like all of vr world and what people can do or shouldn't do in that kind of system um and i thought as it finished i was like this is what ready player one should have been more like and not what it was did you see that. ready player one in the theaters opening week i think oh, okay i don't think we ever talked about it i didn't have much good to say <laughs> so <No>. when <laughs> when they uh, it's like 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 my mama told me if you don't have anything nice to say my mom never told me that she said lots of mean things um that's a shame yeah, i really liked it i didn't like it no nope, i didn't i thought he was he's very bland in the movie the guy ty sheridan is oh no one? yeah he's terrible yeah he couldn't get behind him i love the um uh oh, gosh what is her name is it leticia wright is that her name who was his buddy yeah, who ended up being a female, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, uh, she was, uh, no, Lena Waithe. Yes. 
Yes, Lena Waite. She was great and should have been the whole focus of the movie. But no, I thought it was very boring and very long. I really liked Olivia Cook in it, too. Maybe that was just me. Oh, you mean the horribly disfigured person with a barely visible birthmark on her face? I mean, I I don't... (laughs) I laugh. Like, like, because I've I read the book and so, I, but I didn't like, I didn't like the book either. Just to be real, and and so it's not like I had some sort of like, oh, I love the book. I hope it's like the book. It's just kind of like I hope it's fun. And then it was like less fun than the book to me. Sorry, I'll stop talking. See, this is why I didn't bring it up ever. I didn't like it. It, it actually made me want to go back and watch. Uh, uh, what was that movie she was in? You always try to get me to watch. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I don't think I always try to get you to watch it. I think I specifically said it's incredibly sad and about cancer, so don't watch it. I thought you told me to watch it. Well, no, because it's really sad, and you would cry a lot. <laughs> don't watch that movie. Hmm. It's very good, but don't. don't. Mm-mm. Not unless you want to cry. If you want to cry, <laughs> I recommend it, and, and that's fine. Crying can be very healthy. Um, but yeah, no, don't do that. Well, fair enough. Maybe I won't watch it. She's also... Olivia Cook is also going to movie be in a movie called Life Itself, which is from the creators of This Is Us. So This Is Us is like Cry A Lot, the television show. So maybe Life Itself will be her other Cry A Lot movie. What's it about? The lives of people from New York to Spain intersect over the course of different generations. That sounds terrible. F that. <laughs> Oscar Isaac's in it. I'm back mm, on board. Yeah. It's not like he hasn't made bad movies. It's true. He was in, what's it called, with uh, the Zack Snyder movie, Sucker Punch. I forgot he was in that. He's great in it. He's totally, like, it's weird. But it is, yeah, he's totally in that. He and John Hamm doctoring it up. I mean, I was thinking more about, like, X-Men meets the Power Rangers, but... See, this is, I think this is what's happened to me since I've stopped podcasting, is that I've gone soft about being mean to things and i just block them out like i just don't talk about it so i forgot he was in it completely i forgot that movie existed till you brought it up <laughs> i wish i had i wish i could forget that it existed so on your other podcast i just listened to it by the way i don't think that yeah i told you i listened to it the x-wing files the most recent episode that i got early via patreon um plug for your show patreon.com slash x-wing files Yep. So um, I got it early. I was listening to it today. And your brother tries to bribe me to come on your podcast in order for me to win a contest. Right. Which is which completely. Being, <laughs> if I was on the podcast, would that not just disqualify me from the contest? I would think so. And also, wouldn't it like undercut the validity of my review on iTunes, like Jacob's three reviews? <laughs> I'm just that's a just way inside joke there. Go listen to the X Wing files. It's only like nine episodes behind. You could catch up in a day, and then you'd understand these <laughs> a inside full jokes. Day. <laughs> I mean, if you people have jobs where they can listen to stuff all day long, it's one work day. Um, but yeah, don't don't. <laughs> your instinct is to tell people not to listen to your show. <laughs> I'm just do- saying, don't tell them they can listen to every all nine episodes in a day. You could do it relatively quickly compared to a show that's been on podcasting for three years. Okay, how about that? Is that better? Uh, sure. Are, are pod- <laughs> do people approach podcasts like that? Like how? Like like TV shows. Like, oh, I have to watch it from the beginning. 
you know, I think that what people, well, at least what I do, and what I the other the few people, the small sampling, a test sampling I have done is if they like a show that they're checking out, you know, a few years into the run, then they eventually try to go listen to all the old stuff. Oh yeah. And so to me, it's like you guys are relatively new, so it's not a daunting thing to get into the rhythms and the inside jokes of all of your personalities. And so that's more what I'm saying is it'd be very easy to catch up to to fully understand the inside baseball of what all we just talked about, but then we changed subjects so it worked out. Yeah, I think the last episode was one of my favorite episodes so far, though. If only so, for the beginning discussion about <laughs> Indiana Jones, his, which came name, out of nowhere. His name wasn't Indiana. <laughs> it was the dog's name. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Just I was like, that's the like one of the most famous lines of the whole trilogy. Well. I guess, yeah, we'll just say trilogy. And, um, yeah, and I just, I was cracking up. It was so good. And then I'm pretty sure it's all in there where it devolves into a discussion about Jacob's uh, newly announced son. That's at the end. Yeah, okay, yeah. The whole penis discussion. Yes. (laughs) It's like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I thought so, I was yeah. going to throw up. I was laughing so hard. Oh, man. So, uh, besides Penis Talk and uh, starting new podcast, what have you been watching? Bojack Horseman. Oh, yeah. That's like interspecies sex. We can talk about that for a little bit. Why should I watch Bojack Horseman? Everyone seems to love it that's seen it. I haven't you, seen you one minute of it. should not watch Bojack Horseman. It's because of the face, right? Like, I'm not going to be able to deal with the face. No, I, that's not, like, I start halfway through, like, it's there's four seasons. By the end of season two, I was like, I genuinely love this show. And I still genuinely love this show. But, like, between, and you haven't watched Legion yet either, so I'm going to try not to spoil Legion um, sure. season two. But between the end of Legion season two finishing season four of BoJack Horseman and the to bring real world stuff into it, the recent announcement about uh, a revelation, not announcement, about Chris Hardwick like the last four days I feel like I've been in like full on existential crisis mode oh god, well how is Chris Hardwick an existential crisis? You've called that years ago yeah but just being right makes it kind of worse no, well, I, it's weird because I, I don't want to sound like I'm defending this dude because I'm not. Sure. But, like, the more I thought about it, the more, like, he's wrong and he's a piece of shit. So, but on the same token, like, what he was, like, that the things he was doing mm-hmm. were because of all of the things in his past mm-hmm. because he has to control every situation he's in every relationship every he has to control it because if things get out of control he will get out of control and he will wind up ruining everything of course he, he's probably already ruined everything he's built but ruining everything he built by not having control of every single aspect of his life. And it's actually something he's talked about. So why would his relationships be any different? 
I guess he didn't do the whole Christian Grey thing and get a contract signed because that would have been totally good in that case. <laughs> Contracts, that just makes it seem like prostitution. <laughs> That's the whole thing. And so, okay, look, for the record, never seen or read, so I'm not judging anyone who likes them when I talk about this, but I read the funniest Twitter uh, uh, thread of this woman who was watching and live tweeting for the first time the um, the the Fifty Shades movies. And I learned a lot about the plot of those movies through her hysterical tweets. And one of them was that, like, the plot of the first movie is that he wants to, her to sign a contract saying that essentially, like, these are their rules of seduction and that she's cool with it. And they, he, they're the rules of their relationship. And the whole thing is, can he get her to sign it? And so that's where that comes from. That's so weird. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, you know, shame maybe people in their lives, whatever. But, but yeah, but, it, but that's what I'm now thinking about Christian Gray, Chris Hardwick. Did that lady who wrote those who <laughs> is not Stephanie Meyer? I don't know which one is which. E.L. Gray. That's who it is. E.L. Gray maybe dated Chris Hardwick a few years ago and knows all this stuff. Who knows? I don't know. Could be. Could not be. Hmm. I don't know. He's so, nerdy Christian Gray. That's all I'm saying. So, and to add on to that, like the, and not spoiling Bojack Horseman, but like the show, not devolves, that's the wrong word, but becomes this like look into why he's a horrible person. Bojack or Chris Hardwick? Bojack. Okay. I was like, this is a very specific cartoon. (laughs) Um, and, And like, because in season one you're just like this guy's an ass like he's just a jerk and it's kind of hard to get past on some episodes because he treats everybody so badly and but like the further you go along you start seeing like his history and the way he was raised and how his mom was just terrible and his dad kind of just left and then you get into like the history of his mom and how she grew up and it's just like all of these things turn you into the person that you are and a lot of them you almost have no control over whatsoever I lost you again did his parents have horse faces yes I can't that's just the horse face thing man I wish he could be any other animal. I really want to watch it. I've heard so many things about it that I think I would actually like it. But the horse face thing. Can't handle it. The stupid rubber mask ruined my life. Not a dramatic statement at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess the, the bottom line is like, it's this question of like, are you necessarily a bad person if you've done bad things? Or even if you... Do bad things, feel bad about them, but somehow can't stop yourself from doing them. You know, are you still a terrible person? I mean, the easy answer is yes, (laughs) because you can stop yourself. Like, you just have to find help. But, you know, when you have all these other... Like, there's, there's this one episode of BoJack in season four where it's just his inner monologue. And it's him just repeatedly 
talking about to himself about what a terrible person he is, how everybody sees through his kind of illusion that he's put up that he wants people to see. And like, it's just him beating himself up repeatedly. And I I very much relate to that. (laughs) So if I watch Bojack, will I be a better friend to you because I will understand you better? Yeah, but you have to watch four seasons of Bojack Horseman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got other things to watch. I'll get there in 14 years. I, I will tell you this. There is an episode where he does a, a film. Uh, it's kind of like his comeback. And he has to go around and promote it. And part of that involves him going to... I forget what they call it. But it's the world where the fish live because everybody's uh anthropomorphized. i've heard i've heard about this episode like this was this made the rounds in a pretty big way when it came out well, yeah so everything's underwater he has to wear a helmet he can't hear anything it's all muffled and i was so frustrated watching it for 20 something minutes I'm like i what i just just i don't want to watch this but i have to get through this episode in case something happens and then at the end of the episode, somebody shows him or he figures out that there's this button that you can press on the helmet. Did you just you... ruin the whole episode for me? Yes. Oh, my God. You're the worst. You spoil everything. Not everything. <laughs> I know. It's not, even, it's not even essential to the plot of the Right. No, no. I, I'm just messing Show as a whole. But I, I, honestly, I feel like most people couldn't get through the episode unless mm-hmm. you told them like no you have to get to the end I, I could have just told you that and not told you why but he figures out that there's this button on his helmet that allows you to understand like people can hear you and then you can hear them and he's, it just ends that way and I'm like that was brilliant <laughs> like I spent the whole episode frustrated just like he was <laughs> So uh, why have you stopped watching movies? I, I mean, I I still watch all of the big superhero stuff. Okay, so <laughs> besides what all of the world watches, why have you stopped watching movies? You used to watch a lot of movies. I did. Uh, like one year, I watched three hundred and seventy something films. Yeah, um, that wasn't that long ago either. No, it was like three years ago. And some of those were Looney Tunes. You jerk. Okay, so yeah, it was probably closer to like 350 films, but still. Huge difference. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't... I just can't get invested in... You need everything to be serialized? Is that the deal? Kind of. You want your movies like your comic books? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Does Okay, so I'm going to get dark. Okay, playing Mr. Therapist. Is it because you faced your mortality, which is a definitive ending, that movies turned you off and forever ongoing stories turned you on more? I mean, yeah, maybe. I haven't really thought about that. But, uh, yeah, because, I mean, the superhero stuff, even though they're movies, they are very serialized. I'm like, right. the next chapter um, they're after credit scenes to say, hey, don't worry, there's more coming every time. No, because I'm not opposed to things that have, like, a definitive end, even with TV shows. Like, if if I know that there's only this many episodes, 
then that's fine too. Um, I don't know. I just haven't. I, I think watching 300 plus films in a year kind of just. It's like, ah, I've watched enough movies. <laughs> it broke you. <laughs> I've seen all the films. <laughs> They're right. There are only these set plots, and I've seen all of them. So if it's not some dude in a cape punching some other dude in a cape, I don't care. Uh, which isn't true, because I watched uh, Down and Yonder like five times. That is, yeah, that's very, well, that's like a superhero origin story, but about the people who made the movies, not about the movie itself. Because Chris is going to go make good things, more good things, as time goes on. Yeah, that's I, his origin. I think I put something on his Facebook page the other day about, I can't wait to see what episode 12, directed by Chris Flippo, looks like. Uh, what did he say? I didn't see that. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I just dreamed that I did. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh no, it was on his birthday. Um, I don't think he responded. <laughs> he probably had like two hundred birthday messages, never even yeah, saw it. Yeah. Uh, he'll see it one day, and he'll be like, "Oh, yeah, Logan said I was going to direct Star Wars." I should give him a million dollars. No, I don't need money. Then you can give it to me. <laughs> I, I only need money right now to attain the one goal that has kept me going for the last year and a half. So, like, okay, so here's the deal. Logan is trying to get every single X-Men comic book ever, correct? Is that pretty, right? Pretty much. Okay. And you've got how many left in the full run of the Uncanny X-Men? Uh, well, I thought it was 13. It's not okay. 13. Because I have four that I bought twice. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's actually 15. So Okay. So you have 15 left. You've been doing this for two years? I more? like fully like jumped into it almost two years ago. Okay. So my thought is like that what you just said concerns me. What happens when you reach zero left? The, well, I mean. Do you like disappear from life? Sure. Uh, just no, fade away? There's, there's always new books to add to the collection but no there will not be like a next project no okay well, no what i mean is how will you feel accomplished are you sure yeah okay good that's good that's good i still wanted you to get there and like look at the pile of books and be like i don't know daniel plainview at the end of there will be blood you're just sitting by yourself in the uh bowling alley all finished and stuff. See, I don't see that as a sad ending. <laughs> Fair enough. That's more of a happy ending. This says everything you need to know about Logan right there. Just me and my comics. Although, like, I was not kidding when I texted you this morning. It was like, I just discovered that the Marvel Max books are not on the Marvel Unlimited app. And mm -hmm. it's really not worth living anymore. <laughs> there's got it did they have are they on like a comicsology app or anything like that yes, they but then i have to pay for them well oh so you, you can't do like a unlimited reading on comicsology not they they have a subscription but it it does not cover much of anything i gotcha, I gotcha. So it's a lot of image stuff which is fine but 
I mean, I'm kind of on the Marvel kick right now. So I have, and it's probably just because of who I'm around, but I'm on more of a DC kick right now. I read the new Justice League start, which is very interesting. And then and I'm reading, because you know me, I followed Bendis to Superman. So I'm reading, I'm on issue three of his weekly Man of Steel miniseries leading into his Superman run. And it's really good. I really love it. It doesn't sound like Bendis, but at the same time, there's little clever things. I'm like, that's definitely Bendis, but it doesn't have that quippy thing that Bendis sort of had a problem with after a year or two at Marvel and then kept going on for another decade or whatever. Um, none of that's there, but a lot of the, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. There's a very, there's a light touch that I like a lot. Yeah. I kind of wish he wasn't like doing his version of what John Byrne did in the eighties, but you know, that's, okay. is that, is that what happened? Yeah. After crisis and the, mm-hmm. the original crisis on infinite earth, they mm-hmm. rebooted everything and they gave John Byrne Superman and they started out with a Man of Steel miniseries, which led to John Byrne's Superman run. Oh. Um, so. Well, gotcha. It's very Battlestar Galactica, right? All this has happened before, and it'll happen again. Yep, that's about right. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've never seen the original Battlestar. You mean, you? like, the 70s show? Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> okay. I've seen, like, 30 minutes of it. Enough to go like, yeah, I'm not watching this. <laughs> yeah, they put the the big box set on sale like once a year for like nothing, and With I always want to just do head? it. No, I yes, yes, but now like you can get it, it's even cheaper because you can get it without that. Oh, so okay. it's like it's like super and it's Blu-ray and stuff. And so I think about it. I put it in the cart a few times and just never pull the trigger. Mm. Buck Rogers would be a better way to go. Yeah, I think honestly, all the shows that I'm not quite finished with yet would be the best way to go. <laughs> yes, so. Legion would would be phenomenal. Yeah, just for you. Before I accidentally no. spoil the finale of Legion, I'm surprised I haven't had that ruined for me. I have enough people in my feed that that uh, watch it, and I have not heard anything other than like it's been it's divided people. It sounds like yeah, rather lots than lots of backlash. Interesting, right. interesting. Yeah. But yeah, th- we talked about what I was watching. You never said one thing you watched. Did I not? No. I feel like I responded in some fashion. Um, I saw Hereditary with you. <laughs> I saw What's that a few days ago. What's the ending of that, man? I mean, they're just saying here it really was what they what we thought it was the whole time. But it's just as boring. I don't know. I felt like it was Rosemary's Baby, but not as interesting. And I didn't invest in anybody in the movie as much as I invested in Rosemary. Um, and so like, I'm like, oh, it's beautifully shot. And there's some clever things. Tony Collette is great. I just didn't care about anybody. <clears throat> I hate that about it, but it just felt kind of like a mess. And at the end, I would have rather it been ambiguous because it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I have a big question mark or i didn't even rate it on letterbox because i was like i just i'm not going to contribute to a score on this because i don't know what to say about it yeah that's what i have to say i'll never watch it again not for any big reason other than i just don't care yeah uh i was listening to uh, slash film and they were talking about it and watching it with different audiences how some were like legitimately scared and some audiences were like 
oh, this is hysterical. Oh, wow. And, yeah, it's very, like, such a strange bipolar reaction. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've been spending, I've watched, I've watched a lot of David Lynch this year. Um, I finished um, the original run plus the movie of Twin Peaks. Um, and I got the new season for my birthday a few weeks ago. So I'm going to watch that soon. I watched Wild at Heart for the first time, which I really loved. It's really bizarre, but I really, really loved it. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been watching David Lynch. And I think I finally at the age where I get him. Um, and not necessarily that I understand what he's doing, but at least I like enjoy what he's doing, if that makes sense. Can you rewatch Dune and tell me what's going on? That's on my list to do, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Uh, I don't know when, but at some point this year. I think I'm going to actually go through all of his movies because he doesn't have that many, um, and they're all pretty – you can find them. And so um, Wild at Heart, to get a good copy of it, was the big question mark, but the, it got a re-release in May on Blu-ray, so I pre-ordered it for myself for, uh, for my birthday. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go through all of them. So when I get to Dune, we can talk about it see what we think about it i haven't watched it in so long but it's so strange i mean it's david lynch it makes sense to me that it's strange but um yeah i'm curious i've never seen it so i don't know i don't have really any opinions on it other than we'll see um i've been watching i watched a cool movie that's a movie from this year uh yesterday i watched it's called revenge um that sort of made the festival rounds and it's a um it's a revenge movie, uh, <coughs> if you couldn't tell by the title. Shocking. But a a woman's taken out to this like. Um, bear with me on the plot description because there's a t- point to why I'm saying it this way. But a woman, a young, beautiful woman, is taken out to a a house in the middle of the desert with her uh, very married boyfriend uh, and I think politician. There's underpinnings that he's like a politician, a French politician, and they're having an affair. And then his friends show up because they're going to go on a hunting trip. They show up a day early while she's still there. One of them is uh, kind of into her and forces himself on her. Um, and then when she refuses to be paid off for what's been done to her, they push her off a cliff and it doesn't kill her. And she goes on this crazy revenge. Uh, she becomes the hunter of these three douchebags, basically. And it's really stylistic and really different. But the trick is, is that it is like, it sounds like when you give the plot description, like the most typical 80s, like female, ex, you know, exploited and revenge, like male gaze movie. Um, but it's written and directed by a woman. And it's all from a female point of view. And not necessarily that it's like, totally rewriting how these movies work um, but it's fascinating how like these little differences make the experience more honestly visceral because she's not victimized to the point of like you, you detach because it's just the movie's being gross like something like I spit on your grave or something like that um, and then the and it's just it's a really really well done technically film and the, like the her tracking them is great and the use of color is great but the difference in the male and female perspective of this type of film and these subtle things make the whole two hours or hour and 40 minutes like so much more i don't know i really loved it and it's on vod people can see it there i, I rented it on amazon um but and it's a shutter release so it'll be on that shutter subscription service it's like 3.99 a month so if you wait a little bit longer you can probably watch it for 3.99 
It was really cool. I liked it. I watched that yesterday. What's up with the John Woo stuff? <laughs> so, all right. So I mentioned Letterbox a few times. You know this, but I don't know if other people know this. It tracks your stats, and um, I have I'm a pro member. I pay for this service, um, but it tracks my my all time <coughs> stats, like day and date. Like if I watch something right now, I log it, and let's say like for example, I watched a Jackie Chan movie, so then I could see like how many Jackie Chan movies I've watched uh, compared to every other actor, like my top 25 most watched actors, which he is not ranked, but just trying to give the idea. Um, And so I realized when I looked at my stats a few years ago, they were primarily white American males in both the actor and um, director sections. Um, So I'm trying to get more females and um, and more people of color uh, in my director and actors listings. So I love this trilogy called, uh, well, no, excuse me, let me rephrase. I love this one movie called A Better Tomorrow, which is the first movie in a trilogy of Better Tomorrows. Um, And uh, I finally impulsively, uh, late night, eBayed the box set Blu-ray of the Better Tomorrow trilogy, which I've wanted for a long time. And so I'm watching it. And I watched the first two, which were both directed by John Woo, um, who is a director I had seen like 12 movies of. And if I'd watched two more movies of his, then that would get him ranked in my top 25 directors. And so I wanted to get him ranked because that would get one less white American male. Um, And honestly, I'm working to get Woody Allen knocked off my list. Um, And so um, so it's like I'm I'm gunning for him with like five different um, uh, directors that are not from America. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm watching Better Tomorrow, which are like these uh, crime movies from the 80s. They're criminals but like one of them's brother's a cop and they're counterfeiters and they their crime deals go wrong it stars chow young fat who people might know from crouching tiger hidden dragon um more populist or at least more played on television maybe like bulletproof monk i think that's on fx all the time or it used to be um but he's like this cool gangster who's got the aviators and the tie and the matchstick in his mouth and two guns at all times and um but I was texting you about it, and they are truly, um, and not in a derogatory way, but and like I'm not making fun of them, but they are the gayest action movies I've ever seen. Like I really am just shocked at how homoerotic they are, only because people don't talk about it more. Because they're pretty famous um, uh, in Japan where they're from, excuse me, in Hong Kong where they're from, and, uh, and they were big. It's a big series of movies back in the 80s and 90s, and like – these guys are so in love with each other and the reason they have these crazy action scenes are because they're just fighting for each other because they love each other so much and uh, there's straight up moments from it that I feel are like we're lifted and planted into Brokeback Mountain <laughs> like there's like one scene where they're, like, they're going to go into a battle and one's like I can't quit on you which is like the famous line I can't quit you from Brokeback Mountain and then when one dies the other one is like holding his coat and like fingering where the bullet holes went through his coat and it's like the again the end of Brokeback Mountain where he's holding the jacket um spoilers for that movie never seen it (laughs) it's a fantastic ending but it's like it's very like that's on the that's obviously that's it's two men so and to watch this crime movie like this is the same movie but with a lot more guns and a lot less sheep and like it's (laughs) it is amazing they're and but they're so good is that your letterbox review Brokeback Mountain more guns less sheep 
No, but it's going to be. I'm going to edit that review and add that to it. Um, but, like, I, just, they're great action movies. Like, there's so many good action scenes. And John Woo is, before he's really introduced the slow motion doves to his whole filmography. Um, and so it's, like, raw John Woo action. And it works really well. Um, it's They're fascinating little things. But then they become, like, <laughs> they're just, I'm just really amazed that people have not talked more about how um how gay they are i mean that's okay it's just it's just very funny because you just you think they're so macho and masculine and like the covers of them have like the guys are holding guns and there's fire everywhere on the covers it's like now they really just want to cuddle that's really they want to get their counterfeit money and cuddle that's all they really want to do um but no so i've been watching john Wayne movies because there's a few of them if i watched like i think five of his this year i'd get him ranked and so I'm, I've got him ranked. I'm going to watch a few more to get him so, uh, past Woody Allen. So that means there are a number of directors who've watched 15 or more of their films. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you mean you want to know him? I mean, curious. I, I could guess Spielberg for sure. He's my number one most watched. Um, I mean, I, obviously Woody Allen's on that list. Um Woody Allen's kind of a cheat, though. He makes a movie almost every... Well, for a while. Made a movie literally every year. So, his... like his How is library, it a cheat if I still watch them? No, no, I'm just saying, like, he he's kind of cheating. Like, if you make a movie every single year, like, your filmography is ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, I agree. And, and honestly, I've seen so many of the bad ones, because, I, because for the last... <clears throat> 10 years i saw one a year in the theater you know right. and, and so, it would be one okay one one great one one bad one <laughs> you know yeah it's mm, he just yeah well you got two i want to see try to guess i have my my list in front of me who else do you think i've watched the most of <sighs> it's like fifth, i'm trying to think oh, of so what, let me what... let me re, recontextualize so it's actually the lowest number on my list is 13 um, and so it's 13 to 28 Spielberg is 28 um, and so it's not all just 15 so, and these are all specifically directors yep okay so and now I've got um, it's actually funny because I have John Woo he's at 13 so he's tied with other people so he's at not actually showing on this list but right now I have three um, people of color on my list so it's not all white American males and there's some other non-Americans on there Okay, so Tarantino has to have at least been on his, like, 13th film by now, right? Nope. Nope. Damn. Because I don't remember how many, but it's, I don't even think he's going to make that many at the end of his career. Like, he doesn't even want to make that many movies. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of some older directors. It's the one easy one I'm surprised, or two easy ones I'm surprised you haven't said right away. Do you not, want hints? Not, not Kevin Smith. Nope. Has he made that many movies? Mm, no, I don't think he's made 13. Yeah. So one of them um, was, used to be more famous as an actor and is now more famous as a director. Yeah, I'm terrible. Like, you with quotes, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> okay. Would you want me to just tell you then? Uh, sure. I'm never going to guess. So that was Clint Eastwood. I've seen 18 of his movies. Which is just a weird. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you what most of them are. I just have. See, Clint Eastwood is also like Woody Allen, and that he would, for a while was making a movie every year, and it's just like half of these are bad. Yep. 
Um, so, so my top five at this point are Spielberg, um, Werner Herzog. Uh, oh, 20... God, the documentaries. Yeah, and, and his films. I've watched a lot of his old movies before he really went hard into documentaries. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, Scorsese is number three on my list. I should have got Scorsese. Yeah, that's the one I was like, he's going to say Scorsese immediately, and, he, and he, then he didn't say anything. Um, then Eastwood, and then Steven Soderbergh is actually number five. Um, but he is tied with four other directors with 18 films. I guess five, actually. Clint Eastwood has 18. Soderbergh is 18. Tim Burton I've seen 18 of. Um, Ridley Scott I've seen 18. I should have guessed Ridley Scott, too, because I like Ridley Scott. The Coen Brothers. And because they count the short films, David Lynch, I've seen 18 of his, because I've seen all of his short films at this point. Okay. Um, and then Woody Allen's at 17. Um, then I've got coming up behind, I've got Wong Kar Wai from In the Mood from Love. That's what most people would have known at 16. Uh, Hitchcock at 15. Uh, How did I not guess Alfred Hitchcock? That was, that was the other one. Scorsese and Hitchcock were the two I thought you would guess immediately. Um, I just saw that book when I was at your, or not book, that uh, the set. box set? Yeah. I'm going to get him above Woody Allen. He's going to knock Woody Allen off probably next because Wong Kar Wai, I've literally seen everything he's done, and he's only done 16 things, so he's got to get a new movie out for me. Um, so Hitchcock will knock him off next. Then um, Richard Linklater, I've seen 14. Our boy I Ron. he made 14 films. Apparently he has, and apparently I've seen all of them. Um, and then Ron Howard is 14. Um, Robert, <laughs> what's that? But not Willow. Shut up. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, um, Wes Anderson. Um, Hold on. If you've seen 14 Robert Rodriguez movies, that must mean you've seen all three Spy Kids films. Uh, I don't think I have. I think I've only seen Has the first. Has he made that? I didn't think he'd made that many movies. So I've got um, Sin City, Machete Kills, Machete. Um, they count the, it looks like, the Machete trailer. Apparently is one of these. I didn't know that. That doesn't count. They count it. That's all that matters. Um, Grindhouse, um, Sin City, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, The Faculty. uh, I forgot he directed The Faculty. Yep. From Dust Till Dawn. He's got that segment in four rooms, so four rooms counts as one of his. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going by their rules, not mine. Desperado, El Mariachi, and his short film, Bedhead. And they count Planet Terror as its own entry, if you've watched it a separate time. And I have watched it one other time. Not as the Grindhouse experience. Mm, that's a cheat, too. No, it's not, because you see them two different ways. It's two different experiences completely. I hated uh, Tarantino's entry when I saw it as Grindhouse, and then I like it by itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, Death Proof, right? Yeah, I think yep. it's phenomenal. But, but I don't. I, like I saw them I, separately. So, yeah. See, that's how you don't even know if it's a cheat because you haven't seen the double feature. You have no opinion. I would have <laughs> never sat through that double feature. I did. Which Opening one was night. first? Uh, Planet Terror. Yeah, I, after halfway through Planet Terror, I would have been like, I can't stay for all of this. Well, I did it. I did opening night. Um. So yeah, then Wes Anderson, Nacho Vigalondo. I should have guessed Wes Anderson too. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> Uh, Joel Schumacher <laughs> and uh, and then Miyazaki but Miyazaki See, also Schumacher has... is one that I would like because I've probably seen almost every movie he's made but like I would have never put him on your list 
Well, this is the funny thing. When I looked at his stuff, I'm like, I didn't know maybe 80% of this was him. Right. right. So it's like, okay, he's just done a lot. Of, I didn't know until right now, actually, that The Lost Boys was him. Yeah. No idea until right this moment. But yeah, yeah it's just a wide sampling. This is like if you did a survey course in college on Joel Schumacher, that's what these movies would be. Yeah, it's really not to overly defend the dude but it's a damn shame that he gets like just pushed to oh it's the guy that ruined the batman franchise because i mean he's he's made some bad movies but he's also made some really really good movies so well if you look at his stuff like i'm looking at his list right now he bet on some people pretty young too like he's got um, Colin Farrell's big break was that movie Tigerland that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Kate Blanchett in 2003 was in Veronica uh, Guerin, which was not like a huge movie or anything, but I know it really, really showcased her in a big way um, earlier on. Um, and not in like an I'm an elf as a side character. Like she's just like, and she's like, her, the poster is just her face. And this is before she's the Kate Blanchett of today. But Matthew McConaughey in A Time to Kill back in 96. Like that's that really, such a good performance, too. It is. And it's like that's from way back then. And Philip Seymour Hoffman in the movie Flawless from 99. Um, and it's funny. There's a movie I saw and that I only saw specifically because of who was in it. But from 2009, before either one of these guys were people, it's called Blood Creek. And it's terrible, horrible horror film. Just really, really bad. Um, but it stars... Henry Cavill and Michael Fassbender Hmm. from 2009 before they were anybody. So it's like the one thing you can look at is the common denominator amongst all of these films is like dude invest in really good talent really early. Like he's got great taste, if not always the best movies. And and I'm I'm assuming you've never seen St. Elmo's Fire. You know, I haven't and I don't have an excuse. I just haven't ever taken the time. I think, because that was his, well, DC, I think DC Cab was his big break, but DC Cab is stupid. Um, uh, but, say, I mean, St. Elmo's Fire is, like, people say The Breakfast Club is, like, that quintessential 80s movie, but, like, that's for people in high school. Like, mm-hmm. St. Elmo's Fire is, like, this post-college, like, figuring out how the hell you're supposed to live your life, and it's fantastic. So... Yeah. You should definitely watch it, and it kind of it does. Even though he made some other bad movies, it always made me sad that he just became the guy that ruined Batman. So, yeah. you know. Well, my um, my actors list, like my top twenty, and I'm not gonna go through all of them because it's pretty. I, I don't know, whatever. It's just a lot, but um, I only have one goal with it at this point because I've added in the last year. I've added five women to the list of the top twenty-five, um, which is great. Um, and, um, but my goal is my number, uh, ninth highest uh, or most seen actor is a total dirtbag. Um, at 38 films, Johnny Depp. And so, um, my goal now this year is to just get him off the top 25. Um, because like the lowest number of films in my list is 34. So it's not that many for all of these people. And so, like, I and if I can find movies where they cross over, if I can find like a movie that has Michael Caine, Steve Buscemi, and like Robin Williams as a voice in it or something, like I could bump them all up one more notch. Um, but I just want to get rid of Johnny Depp off my list at this point. 
The problem is Johnny Depp keeps showing up in movies where you don't know he's going to show up in. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I look at the like the release schedule ahead and I'm like, I have to see – I'm going to see certain things he's just in. So I have to like pre-watch things in preparation for him going up a notch. <laughs> and it's, so – It's bizarre to me that you're trying to make this arbitrary list like be more uh, progressive. <laughs> well, so – so why why is is that bad? No, it's just like it's a, like it's a weird thing to me to feel guilty about, and that's weird because I feel guilty about everything. For like, I don't feel guilty. Like, just to be clear, I just feel like I don't think what I see here represents what are my tastes, which means that I am actually missing opportunities to see great performances by people I like a lot more. Than the people on my list. Shut my up, dogs Aria. are attacking each other. <laughs> Aria, what are you doing? Go away. We're having existential conversations. But no, yeah, that's the thing is like I look like Juliette Binoche, I would have said two years ago was like my favorite actress and still would say that now, but she didn't rank at all. She wasn't even close two years ago. And so like now she's in my top six. She ties with Tom Hanks at 41 films. And so it's, and I've seen many more great You've seen performances. Juliette Binoche in 41 films? I have, and my goal is to get her to uh, to the top uh, to number two at the end of this year. So I'm going to get her to 46 by the end of the year because I can't. Hell, I didn't know she worked that much. All the time, she she's like the Woody Allen of actresses in terms of quantity. Like, except she's like three movies a year. Um, and That's so, insane. Uh, yep, and so, but but she's great. And so I've watched. All, I keep watching stuff, but Samuel Jackson's number one by ten films at fifty-five films watched. He's and also so I, a guy that just shows up in movies, and you're like, yes. "Oh, I didn't know he was in this." Absolutely, like the end of certain other movies. Sorry, I almost ruined that. But yes, I agree. And and so you're going to uh, ruin Iron Man for somebody. I know it's you know it's still time for people to have a first a great first impression and big <laughs> surprise. Um, but yeah, so I'm like get her to number two because I want a. I want a woman in my top two, and I can get her to number one eventually because she does have that many movies. But Samuel Jackson's going to put out eight movies between now and then that he's just going to pop up in that I'm going to go see, and I'd just, she'll always be at number one at this point in my in my. I really feel like, which is good because I like it. Yeah, I mean, like if you've got to pick somebody, I mean, at least he's entertaining. So. Well, and he's also not white. <laughs> like, that, I thought that was really cool because, like, the one non-white person they had was Sam Jackson, and he's awesome. And he's from the town I live in, so um, that's cool. Yeah, works out well. I met his mom once. <laughs> so, like, the reason I thought about Letterboxd earlier today was because uh, I was thinking about how, on for whatever reason, like, I was thinking top five list, and I was like, it always bothered me that Letterboxd didn't have a top five like it only shows you your top like what are your four favorite films it lets you like put that up there who has mm -hmm. a top four i think it's all about design like how it looks like i think that's why that is the way it is like they figured out a way in mobile and on the website for <clears> it to <throat> look nice and four was the right number for that, the aesthetic that bugs me i'm sorry because yeah. like i i i've I don't know. I just always wanted to get Almost Famous in there, and it's number five. <laughs> like what after, are your four? Um, <laughs> uh, Shawshank Redemption, Jurassic Park, Donnie Darko or The Brothers Bloom are three and four, but it depends on what day of the week it is. 
And okay. then uh, Almost Famous would be number five. But honestly, sometimes Almost Famous is higher than both of those. So, See, so you should use Letterbox more and you could change it as your mood changes. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. It's it's really not. It's it's very easy to do. Yeah, you're right. It is, but you know, I'll I'd never change it. So, but people at work ask me that all the time. They're like, "Well, what are your five favorite movies?" And I say, "The Brothers Bloom," and they say, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> you know that Star Wars movie everybody hates. I don't understand that. Still don't understand the hate. I don't think I can come on your Star Wars podcast because Jacob makes me like I can feel it simmer sometimes when he talks. I'm like, nope, I couldn't do it. I would have to say something. Sometimes I want to poke it. <laughs> just I know like, you do. I can hear it happen. Just dig in there. But like I don't want to turn it into a fight. So And he doesn't hate it. He just has problems with it. The same right. way people have problems with the Phantom Menace, the people that didn't just become bitter like Star Wars fans so yeah that's a whole argument actually that's a whole discussion that I had to basically say guys we can talk about this for five minutes but like that's it we're not getting into this and on our Facebook page uh, my friend Brick actually posted the article about Kelly Marie Tran like deleting her uh, mm-hmm. social media and like I was like okay well I have to respond to this because even though there's only like nine people in this group, it could very easily turn into, you know, people fighting with each other about this. So, it's it's insane, man. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm going to buy her action figure. Solidarity with Kelly Marie. Um, I don't understand the people that think that she's the problem. Yeah, I don't think they do. I think they just they just find things to pick. It's a at. target. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, just like I mean, not that Jar Jar is not problematic, but just like Jar Jar Binks, like he's not really the problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> like he's literally only in the movie for five minutes, so not really the problem. No, he's the problem. No. No, I'm just it's kidding. It's not I'm a just well-made kidding. movie. That's you just, the problem. You, you just brought him up for me. Um, no, I mean, I have to defend Jar Jar. That's fine. It's just not a well-made movie. So, But people want to find somebody to blame because George isn't a social person. So, And uh, and he's so flip about, like, he just doesn't care. So... He should care. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he doesn't care, so they just attack other people who obviously do care. So, you know, what I want to see is like something, man, want's a strong word. If something happens at Celebration next year, like somebody starts saying something, I don't think Mark Hamill's going to be there. But if like Mark Hamill was there and just like got up and walked down and just like punched this dude in the face, that would be amazing. Ah, man. So are we going to try to go? We're going to try to go, right? You know, it's sold out. Yeah, I know, but you should still submit the thing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to look into it, and I didn't. Um, it's not too late. What are your top four? You just change the subject because you're not going to do it. Um, guess my top four. You guess my top four. Um, you could do this. Well, it's the Wong Kar Wai movie, I know. In the Mood for Love, yep. yeah. Um, probably something by Wes Anderson. Yep. 
Um, but which one? Well, I mean, it's got to be, uh, since you have a tattoo, <laughs> it's got to be the Royal Tenenbaums. It's currently Rushmore, but I flip them out every now and then. I, okay. I switch them. I, yeah, I forgot about your, I like Rushmore. I forgot about your love of Rushmore. Yeah, it um, usually is the one there, but every now and then the Royal Tenenbaums takes its spot. I, I do think Tenenbaums is better, but I, I mean, I'm not trying to start an argument. So, no, yeah, no, you're good. I, um, I think that's why I, I think they're interchangeable because to me it's all about where I'm at in my head. I also think that not knocking your tattoo, but like the – and I hope it's okay that I brought that up. Yeah. Um, the, not a secret. The quote that you got I thought was – I mean not appropriate for you, but just a strange quote to get from a movie. Does that make really? sense? Like, it, like it's not like we're going to need a bigger boat. Like well, it's not iconic. Is that what you mean? Yeah, and it's also like something that I guess it, that's the point. You have to explain it. Well, I think it's just uh, it's what it. Are you asking me to explain it now, or are you just saying that in general? No, no, no. I'm just saying if somebody yeah. sees that, they're like, "Why do you have? I've oh. had a bad year, Dad, tattooed on your wrist." It's a rough year. Thank you very much. Oh, sorry, rough year. <laughs> sorry. No, 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 no. No, I think that you're right. I think that that's – so this is what honestly what happened is the last time I watched the movie a few months ago, he says the line and I just started weeping. <laughs> and it just hit me in all the right spots. And I was already planning to get my other tattoo um, and I just immediately went, I want both and I want the balance of one on each of my wrist and that's what I'm going to do. It just hit me in all the right ways. Well, and it's also like you're not going to have always had a rough year. Right. The thing is, so like, so I am always going to have a relationship with my dad that I chose to have. That is the key for me. Um, my relationship, if I have a relationship with him today, is because I chose to have it. And if I have one with him tomorrow, it's because I chose to have it, not because he's always been in my life. That's a big part of that moment for me. Um, is that in the moment in the film, people haven't seen it. Um, the, you know, as you joke on your podcast, the three people that listen to this um, is all about you know the dad who has done everything wrong and has been pushed out of the out of the kids' lives, trying to do right finally. Um, and when he does and the son accepts it, he accepts it by opening up to his dad emotionally when he says the statement, I've had a rough year, dad. And my dad left me when before I was born, when my mom was pregnant. He was like, I'm not doing this. I'm out. Um, and when I was 18, he came back around. We worked really hard to try to have some kind of relationship. And two years ago when he was here, um, no, last year, God. It's crazy. It's only a year ago. So much has happened. But last year when I was here, my dad um, talked to me and he's actually he does. He's an AA. Uh, not he's not an alcoholic, but my brother, uh, he does it out support with my brother. Um, and um, he did his amends like he did that step with me. And that was like our moment where we I was like this is this is it. We're choosing to do this as best we can forever. And that's what I feel like that scene's about. And so that's why I did it. No, I mean, I, and I, I absolutely respect it. But like I said, I guess that's kind of the point is that you do have to explain that. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's, you know, if it's just a picture of a butterfly, you don't really have to explain your tattoo. Like, oh, I guess you like butterflies. Don't tell people so, about my butterfly tattoo, Logan. God. Yeah. I, my, my, my favorite quote from Royal Tannenbaum's Not That It Matters is when he shoots him in the hand and he says, you're on my team. He says, there are no teams. 
Yeah, that's, that's a great line. My favorite. Uh, it's so like, oh, welcome to life. <laughs> there are no teams. <laughs> Everybody you love and trust <laughs> will turn on you at some point. <laughs> All right, so you got two of my four. What are my other two? <clears throat> Um, this, this is proof of how good of friends we are. I, I mean, I want to take the populist way out, but I don't think it's you and just say Die Hard and Jaws. <laughs> no, nope, nope. Spielberg's not on there. Um, Neither is Bruce Willis. Oh, it's uh, freaking. Um, <laughs> I can God, hear the, I I can hear the distaste so yep. much. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> uh, the Bill Murray Scarlett Johansson movie. Yeah, Lost in Translation. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> uh, I don't know how we became friends. I but, really don't. Because I showed movies on the big screen. Yeah. Because Mr. Pat told you we should be friends. You showed Jaws and Die Hard. <laughs> I was like, I like this guy. So that's four. That's three out of the four. Come on, you can do the four. This is so easy, and it's really funny to me you didn't go there first. Is it a Coen Brothers movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's related to the title of your website. Oh, Star Wars? Yeah, Star Wars. See, Star Wars isn't even in my top five. Star I Wars don't even number... know if I put it in my top ten. So it's funny, my top three that never move are Lost in Translation, Star Wars, and In the Mood for Love. Um, and then my fourth spot switches out between Rushmore, um, The Royal Tenenbaums, and uh, a movie called Certified Copy. See, I almost said certified copy, mm-hmm. but uh, see, and I could have cheated. I actually did have your, uh, your, uh, uh, whatchamacallit account pulled up a minute ago, but I didn't cheat. So you well, I know you didn't because you didn't that. guess Star Wars. So, um, but yeah, I, I almost said that because uh, I knew you liked certified copy, but I didn't know how much you liked certified copy. I really, really liked that movie. I, I think it's in my number it. four spot like half of the year. Usually I watch it once a year, and then every month for the rest of the year after I've watched it, it's in my number four spot. So I, I do want – while I was looking at your list, I did want to ask you about um, – hold on. Now i got to get it back up and find it. The stuff that I've watched? Yeah. Okay. Because I saw one I was like, well, that certainly stands out. Peter Rabbit. <laughs> no, you have a kid, so the kid movies don't really stand out. The sad part is I watched it without him. <laughs> That's terrible. It's so good. The African Queen. Yeah, yeah. I'd never seen it before. It's my first time watching it. What I mean, it's not like you're on a John Houston kick. It's been a, it's it's one of the oldest movies on my Netflix queue. Um it's just been in my Netflix list forever. Um, and I finally just went, uh, Katie said, I want to watch a movie with you. And I went, this movie doesn't have murder in it. Like, like not the same way as like modern movies. If that it's makes a sense. Drunk belligerent ass in it. <laughs> right. But it's like, you know, it's Humphrey Bogart and, and somebody Ever. who I will never understand how she gets so much credit. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. Yes. I, I think she's pretty great in this, but, um, she's, I, I mean, those movies are melodramatic. That's just the way things were made back then. Mm-hmm. She is melodramatic about being melodramatic. <laughs> it's insane. I Have you ever seen Bringing Up Baby? No. I love that movie. But she's so unbearable. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it doesn't sound like I want to watch it right now. But yeah, no, I haven't... Um... I haven't seen a lot of her movies, in all honesty. But the real deal is, is that like two years ago we watched Key Largo with her dad. Key Largo is so, so good. 
Sorry, yeah, I keep interrupting. No, 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 you're good. And so I sort of said to her, like, hey, you remember, like, uh, Humphrey Bogart? You could talk to your dad about having seen this because he likes Humphrey Bogart a lot. And so um, so that's why she got into it. And then she fell asleep five minutes in, and I watched the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, for a good long while in my late 20s, I was like, I'm going to watch Humphrey Bogart movies. And, I mean, I wouldn't say I've seen, like, 30 of them, but I've seen so many of them. And... I mean, he's great, but some of them are just not worth your time. <laughs> right. I'm trying to be better about that because I used to just watch anything to watch anything. And so I'm trying to be like, especially as I'm trying to get people ranked, like if I'm going to watch just anything to watch or if I'm going to watch something from a, an actor, I'm trying to beef up the the list on. I'm like, I want to find something that's interesting and engaging and not just pick, oh, this is streaming. Let's just watch it now. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm trying not to be like I was when I was 18 and watched a billion movies a year. Mm. I was kind of hoping you were just like, I want to see more John Houston movies. Nope. It was just the oldest movie on my queue and I thought Katie would enjoy it too and then she fell asleep. So I have no idea whether or not she would have liked it. I think she would have though. Yeah, I, I I really I love John Houston. I don't like everything he did, but like I will a, say a lot it, of his movies. Ugh. It has this ending that is like the perfect ending that they then don't commit to. Um, I don't know how well you remember the movie, but there's a moment where you're pretty sure they're dead, and there's no way to get out of this, and it fades to black. And I was and I actually sat to it because i was laying down in bed i sat to attention and was like oh my god this is amazing and then the lights come back on and i was like oh no it's not yeah and and then it wasn't and it was fine but not as good as i felt like i remember thinking at the time like that's a studio note mm-hmm. like maybe yep. it, I'm, it feels like it for sure it feels like a reshoot almost yeah i, John, I mean john houston was kind of like a populist, so to speak. Like, I mean, he made very popular films. But he, he made also... Annie. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Uh, so yeah, look at his filmography. He made a no. lot of great movies. He worked forever. No, I'd, so I've seen Maltese Falcon, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I love both of those. Key Largo, I really loved when we watched it. The Man Who Would Be King is one of those movies I've loved since I was little. I've seen it so many times. I actually don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's, I mean, come on. It's Michael Caine and Sean Connery and Christopher Plummer. Everyone's just chewing up the scenery and having an adventure. It's amazing. Um, but no, those are the only ones I've seen, though. And Annie. So I've only seen six of his movies. Did 44. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna, when we hang up, I'm going to watch The Barbarian and The Geisha. That won't be problematic at all. No. <laughs> 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 do not watch that one there are there are other john wayne uh john houston things you could watch oh i want to watch the bible in the beginning uh, 174 minutes it's terrible that'll be good i've actually seen it gosh let's see what would i watch next if i were to watch it does have michael parks in it who's fantastic but holy cow the like michael parks that i know michael parks yeah the actor like from Kill Bill. Wow, that's crazy. Now I do want to watch it, even oh, though the, it's 174 dude, minutes long. Michael Parks, Richard Harris. I mean, John Houston is in it playing Noah. <laughs> so, George C. Scott, Ava Gardner, Peter O'Toole. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's got a ton of people in it, man. <laughs> so, but it's it's awful. It's god awful. Mm. Well, my next movie, I've actually I was watching it before we got on. Is I'm watching the movie from 2007, um, Lust Caution, the Ang Lee movie. Oh yeah. Tony Long Loon Loon. I can't say his last name. I'm very sorry, people out there in the world. Um, but the star of In the Mood for Love is in it, and I'm trying to get him ranked as well. Um, and so I've had a Academy Award screener that I've I bought at a used bookstore in Atlanta, like t- like I guess ten years ago, um, and I've never watched it. So I finally decided to pop it in, and it's uh, I'm like forty minutes in. It's really interesting. So I'm curious to see if I'm going to love it or not, but it is very interesting. I'm probably going to restart BoJack Horseman. See, now I want to watch it. I don't know. I'll let you know if I do. So are we doing this podcast regularly, or are we just having a conversation this evening? What are we doing? I mean, I'm down for regular. Your your schedule's far more intense than mine is. No, I mean... With the flexibility of not having a regular release date, or at least like a regular recording date, I can I can do it. I will let's let's see if we can do it a second week in a row. Okay. Go from there. Does that work? Yeah, I'll try to keep better track of the things I watch. So, I'll try to watch some TV. I mean, Legion would be a good start. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to talk about the last episode of Legion. Well, have you not talked about it with Ryan? Yeah, but you've heard our podcast. So it's just you talking for 90% of the runtime? And then he goes, yeah, huh? Oh, I didn't think about that. Don't let him listen to this. I feel bad immediately. No, no, no. We actually we, we have a good conversation about it. But so there's this aspect of it that he was way more interested in. And like the philosophical implications of what was going on he was far less interested in he was just like oh yeah i mean i guess more to that effect and i'm just like i'm having like a like legitimate like internal crisis after watching this episode and you're just like wasn't it cool when this happened (laughs) gotcha yes that was very awesome but I'm literally over here going like, am I a bad person? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well now I'm now I'm intrigued. So it's that, and I'm watching this show called Space 1999 that my boss gave me on Blu-ray to watch. Why? Maybe ten months ago. Okay, it's 24 episodes long, and each one is a solid, heavy hour long, like 60 minutes. And I just can't do it. I've watched like 12 episodes in that much time. I mean, so I've got to this is the Martin Landau show, right? Yeah, it's really good, actually. So even if you don't like it, I think it's really good, and the special effects are insane for television for back then. But it's like, it's a lot. Each episode is so, it's like a Twilight Zone in space. I just, I, I can never take Martin Landau seriously. Oh, it's so fun with his little saggy, uh, like, suit. He's got a space suit, and all the other people around him are mostly, like, tight-bodied and, like, it's like Baywatch in space in like its own like like from the 60s like as much as it can be and he's his is like one size too big and then hides his gut it's really fun like what was he thinking (laughs) making some money getting to work I mean I guess so um I always enjoyed him as not so serious 
You know, like when he's kind of having fun with things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. Um, oh, I think he's having fun with this. I mean, I guess so. I've seen think, bits and pieces. I just was something I was like, I can't, I can't well, watch this. If anything, that's so cool because of the the special effects people went on to go make so much for Star Wars and like Alien and stuff with time. Yeah, yeah. And that that's amazing to look at. But um, but yeah, it is funny because they don't edit around like actors ogling the female actors. It's really it's like wow. Come on, guys. Like, Keep it in your pants. No one's wearing a bra. <laughs> no, no one. No one. I'm pretty sure a lot of the dudes aren't wearing underwear either. Yeah. It's just yeah. like... It's I mean, like, George Lucas on. told Carrie Fisher, there's no underwear in space. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, I guess he wasn't lying. I mean, we'll find out when Space Force happens if there's underwear in space. So. But you will. You'll be first to know. Let us know what's in your intro packet. <laughs> um, I'm what signing if, like, up tomorrow. What if you what you get instead of like a signing bonus is like a box full of like dehydrated ice cream sandwiches? I mean, that's terrible. That's space <laughs> food, man. I feel like I'm gonna be that dude in the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie where they're like beaming down to fight those guys, and he's just like, "Yeah, come on, let's go!" and like immediately just dies. <laughs> oh man, he like sucked into some generator. well this was fun i'm tired yeah it works out well because like i don't have a plug in here for my laptop so i literally have a time limit when i record here (laughs) well i like that (laughs) so it's like well my battery's dead so that's the end of the show well i guess let me know when you post it (laughs) um it'll get edited sometime this week so we don't have an intro yet and we don't have an outro yet so so it'll go out in like three weeks yeah probably no, Three weeks I, from now, my list will be totally different. All my rankings. No, um, I, we're not recording automatic for the people this week, so I, I have a full free week to mess around with stuff. So well, I'm fascinated to see what you do. This is the weirdest thing to not have any real part of this except to show up. Yeah, it's that's all you got to do. It's wonderful. So, and listen to me talk about my existential crisis. Did I ever say my name? I don't think we said our names. This is mm. weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast. This is Memento, the podcast. You sound like you, and I sound like me. There's a clear, distinct difference. I'm like automatic for the people, where it sounds like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> no, but the nice thing is, the one talking is always Logan. The one agreeing is always Ryan. That's it. He's going to be so mad when he hears this. I'm Ryan. <laughs> uh, we didn't even say the name of the podcast. So What's the name of the podcast? <laughs> boring conversation, anyway. Oh, Which that's is right. a reference you didn't get. That's right. I didn't. I'm bad with quotes. Um, yeah. Star Wars is your number three movie. Two. Two. Sorry. That's even worse. I'm bad with quotes. I can't help it. At least I own it. I could you be do. like, oh, I could be like, oh, yeah, no, I knew that. Yeah. No, no. Like, I don't that's know. one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars, too. Well, it's funny. The action of the scene is one of my favorite moments. <laughs> like him when he shoots the the command center thing, it's like it's great. But I, yeah, I don't. Well, huh? people talk about like the go- goofiness. It just doesn't have a place in Star Wars. Like the humor in the Last Jedi. I'm like, in the first Star Wars movie, Han Solo is just like, oh, we're 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 all fine here. How are you? How are things down there? Like the, the whole scene plays like a bad. Abbott and Costello skit. And he's just like, ah, it's a boring conversation anyway. Luke, we're going to have company. 
this people they're upset because they have an ideal of Star Wars in their head and not an idea of what Star Wars actually is anymore. <laughs> How about that? There you go. I guess we'll be back <laughs> next week, maybe. <laughs> I'm not giving my Twitter handle. People just yell at me about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> go go check out the X-Wing files for all my info. There you um, go. It's a good show. I love it. But yeah. I won't be on it because I want to win their cool prizes. So after, so is the way to get you on the podcast to give you the cover? Basically, once it's in my possession, I'm in. You let you let Ryan. Know, we're going to negotiate via podcast. Yeah, I feel you like this, we're we're setting ourselves up to get sued or something. How? I don't know for running some kind of fake contest. I'm the only one who's not on the show who reviewed it. I get it by default. That's not true. Some of those other reviews are legitimate. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Everyone go listen to the X-Wing files if you like Star Wars. We'll talk about Star Wars from time to time, but that's a great show about mm. Star Wars. Lots right. of people. Oh, we don't have a sign-off. You, you should come up with a sign-off. You could at least do that. No, I want a tagline first. I'm getting there. That's the tagline. <laughs> We're getting there. That's it. No, that's actually pretty good. A boring conversation anyway. We're getting there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. You got your tagline. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.